thank you for tuning in to another episode of Unleashed Faith. Welcome back if you are my faithful listener, and if you are new, I'm so glad you could join me this week. This podcast is intended for any woman who is willing to set aside and allow God to take full control over your life. Although I do have some guy listeners that do join me each week, and that is totally such a blessing to me as well. So continue to join me each week as I share moments of my life and how God is working on me. Allow me to become your mentor, your friend, and your sister in Christ as we live a radical life for Jesus together, learning tools and tips on how we can continue to mature in our faith daily. So if you're ready, grab a pen and your notepad and let's dig in. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode. So excited for you to join me again. Uh, So many good things have been happening um, for the podcast these last couple weeks. I've gotten a lot of um, speaking opportunities that have just been able uh, to open up other doors. And God has just been so good with that. Uh, I am too trying to work out Uh, kind of like a work schedule. And that is something different. You know, I'm trying to set certain days to do certain things. Um, We have camp season coming up at our church. So I know I got to get ahead on certain things. And I just got to make it work. uh, Because there is only 24 hours in a day. And even though I've been praying for four extra hours for the last I don't know how many years, um, God hasn't brought that to me yet. And that's okay. So I just need to prioritize move things around. I need to just be better with uh, things I have on the calendar. And I'm just hoping that I can figure it out. I'm going to try my quote unquote. Uh, I'm putting up parentheses. You guys can't hear see him. Uh, but I'm going to try my best to make a work schedule starting Monday. And then we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but um, so we are still in the Women of the Bible series. Um Uh, today's story, we're going to be talking about Abigail. Maybe you've heard of her. Maybe you haven't. Um, I've read through her story before because I've read through the book of first Samuel, but I never like stopped to really, um, I guess, get to know her and get to really pick apart who she is and how important she was, um, to scripture. And so today that's the story we're going to be getting into. And, uh, I think there is, I believe there's only like four more weeks I'm going to be on Women of the Bible series because I want to take a little break on it and touch base on uh, prayer and how do we pray? um, What are tips that helped me be able to, you know, activate prayer in my life? How I'm able to help others, who we can pray for, what we can pray for, and just kind of go into that and, um, help you understand it better, maybe give you some things that I do that maybe you can implement into your life that will help. Um, Of course, journaling will be involved, so make sure that you get uh, a notebook for the podcast doodles if you don't have one already. Uh, But if you got your Bibles, like I said, we're going to be in 1 Samuel. We're going to be in chapter 25 today. Uh, it's going to seem like a lot of reading, but it's just one way I want to set the tone. And so how we're the reasoning on how Abigail came into play and then the significance of her story. So we're going to be breaking it down. If you want to write it down, um, it's going to be 1 Samuel 25. We're going to be ver- doing verses 2 through 41. 
you can go ahead and just finish out first Samuel if you want, but that's how I'm going to just be breaking it down. Um, and I'm excited. I'm, I don't know this word that God gave me. Uh, I've been praying over it. I, uh, have wrote it once, had to rewrite it. Uh, so hopefully it'll be good. I got some pinpoints here that I want to give. And then towards the end, before I close out the pod, I will give you some extra scriptures just for you to pray over. Um, it's just something that the Lord uh, wanted me to share. So made sure I jotted those down. But um, as we're reading Abigail's story, we are going to see so many characteristics with her. We're going to see one that is just huge. Um, she's a peacemaker for all. Uh, we're going to see that all throughout her story. She's generous. She's very humble. She is basically the hands and feet of Jesus. She's wise. She's courageous, but with her being all those amazing things, she unfortunately was married to a jerk. I'm just going to say it. He was a jerk. He's a jerk. I'm sorry. He was a jerk. He was selfish. He was greedy, self-seeking. Another word for him would be an idiot. And we're going to see that uh, as we unfold her story. But like I said, she was such a courageous woman. She turned a difficult situation into a positive situation. And for that, uh, the Lord blessed her and got out, got her out of this negative uh, relationship that she was in. And so we're going to read that. And the first reading is kind of just setting the tone. It's going to be, um, you know, getting to know how she came about. And so we're going to be in 1 Samuel uh Chapter 25, and I'm going to read verses 2 and 3. And it says, A certain man in Moan, Maon, I'm sorry, who had property there at Carmel was very wealthy. He had thousands of goats and thousands of sheep, in which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was intelligent and she was beautiful, but her husband was surely a mean man in his dealings he was a calebite now the word calebite that just means that he was from the tribe of judah and i just had to look up that word because in my bible it has a little asterisk by it and i had to look it up because i wanted to be able to uh, read that and let you guys know what that means because reading that you may be like oh what is what is that because a lot of things when we're reading we want to understand them fully and that may you may be out there just wondering like what is a calebite uh, but going down, this is when we're going to start breaking down the verses. So it may seem like a lot, I know, but it's such good stuff. So we're going to be, uh, first Samuel 25, four, and it says, while David was in the wilderness, he had heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent 10 young men and said to them, go up to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my name. Say to him, long life to you, good health to you and your household and good health to all that is yours. Now I hear that it is sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them. And the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own, ask your own servants and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable toward my men since we come at a feast, festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. So when David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this message in David's name. Then they waited. Nabal answered David's servants, Who is this David? 
Who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and the meat I have slaughtered for my shears and give it to men coming from who knows where? David's men turned around and went back. They arrived and they reported every single word. So here we see the kind of man Nabal was immediately. Even though David and his men protected uh, the flock and never touched, you know, a sheep or a lamb or anything like that, when even though they were probably hungry and needing food, Nabal questioned who David was. I mean, obviously, David was pretty powerful. He defeated Goliath. He was a man after God's heart. Hello. And he's questioning also, like, what power does he ask to ask for these things? Definitely, we see Nabal here on a power trip. And this is where the greediness comes into play and, and just setting the tone of who he is. Just a nasty, nasty man. So uh, continue reading on. Verse 13 says, David said to his men, each of you strap on your sword. So they did. And David strapped on his as well. Whoa, I missed my place. <laughs> about 400 men went up with David while 200 stayed with the samples supplies I don't know why I got samples uh one of these servants told Abigail Nabal's wife David sent messengers from the wilderness to give our master his greetings but he hurled insults insults at him yet these men were very good to us they did not mistreat us and the whole time they were out in the fields near them nothing was missing night and day they were they were a wall around us the whole time. They were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. Abigail acted quickly. It didn't say she paused. It didn't say she thought about it. She acted quickly. She took up 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five sheaves, of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisin, and two hundred cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, go ahead and I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. Okay, so here we see Abigail. She was told what was going on. She had no idea, but without hesitation, she acted quickly gathering food, uh, and immediately heading back to David and following her servants. And this is how I feel like we need to be as believers. We need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's exactly who Abigail was being right here, that when someone is in need, no matter of the circumstances, if we're not supposed to because of law or fractions or whatever's put into place, we need to realize Step back and realize the importance of what God has commanded over us. And from the very beginning through his commandments, love your neighbor. Well, you know, hello, helping other people is loving your neighbor. So don't hesitate at all when someone is in need and you can help them. I ask that you do it. Do it because you love Jesus and because it's what we're supposed to do. And do it without wanting to be recognized. Just do it just because. Because you're able to do it. Because you're able to bless somebody. Because when you bless somebody, it's going to come back to you. I promise. And it always seems to come back uh, whenever we need it the most. So continuing on, we're going to see how Abigail comes in contact with David. And so verse 20 says, 
As she became, as she came riding her donkey into the mountain ravine, there was David and his men descending toward her, and she met them. David had just said, it's been useless, all my watching over these fellows' property in the wilderness, so that nothing of his went missing. He paid me back. He has paid back. Paid me back, evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely. If by morning I leave alive one male of who belonged to him. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, pardon your servant, Lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please pay no attention, my Lord, to the wicked man Nabal. He is just like his name. His name means fool and folly goes with him. And for me, your servant, I did not see the men the Lord sent. And now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, may your enemies and all who are intent on harming my Lord be like Nabal. And let this gift, which your servant has brought to my Lord, be given to the men who follow you. Verse 28 says, Please forgive your servant presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make my lasting, make a lasting dynasty for my Lord because you fight the Lord's battles. And no wrongdoing will be found in you as long as you live. So I say, reading this, that Abigail showed up at the right place at the right time and she brought exactly what they needed she brought supplies food for them and immediately she got off her donkey and it says that she fell face down and asking for forgiveness that is where we see her characteristic of being humble she immediately no matter what no matter who she is her man her husband being this guy who has all this money and all this wealth and all this prosperity but yet she humbled herself because of the the kindness that david showed over the prosperity of her husband. And so, uh, you know, Nabal's character and actions does not reflect on Abigail. She is her own person. She is obviously uh, a woman of faith. She knows what she needs to do. And everyone could have been killed by the hands of David had she not shown up at the right time, you know? And uh, she was willing the scary part is she was willing and went behind her husband's back and threw herself at David's feet, pouring how grateful she was to him and apologizing for the ignorance of her husband. <laughs> and in a sense, you know, she never seen the men that, that, um, I'm sorry. She never saw the men that protected the sheeps and everything like that, but still she took the word of what the servant heard from David and she thanked him. And for that, she was giving him all of these things and real quick, skipping down to verse 32, it says, David said to Abigail, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment for keeping uh, me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. So here we read again, God's timing is never questionable. And I've seen that in my life. I've seen that within ministry. I've seen that within people around me. I feel that even though 
I personally was a teenage mom and I had my daughter my senior year of high school. I feel that God allowed that to happen so that my dad could have four years being a grand grandpa. And as you know, like this, you've heard my story that my dad unfortunately passed away unexpectedly uh, when Jaden was four years old. So she doesn't have, she's starting to forget the memories that she had with him. And I'm doing my very best to always reassure her and show her pictures and tell stories about him so that she does remember him. But I feel that God brought me Jaden at a young age so that he could experience being a grandpa because that's all he wanted in life. And seeing him be a grandpa for those four short years was absolutely beautiful. Just to see that he, it was no longer about me and my brother no more. It was all about that grandbaby. And it, it's so amazing. And I miss him so much. And I know that if he was here, he would be so overjoyed with my brother and his kids and just being the best grandpa that he could, he could possibly be. But then I've also seen in, in a sense that God brought me my husband when I least expected it. And he brought the man that I needed one because uh, I needed someone to shake up my world into, you know, be like, Hey, what's going on? What are you doing? And Jerome was exactly what I needed. And even though we didn't start off in a kingdom relationship, once we both put both of our feet all in for God and serving him and doing the things that we needed to do and his purpose over our relationship, it has just totally transformed and moved our marriage and our relationship into a kingdom minded marriage. And I think that is what, you know, that is our, all of our goals in life is to have that kingdom marriage and being equally yoked with the person that we're um, doing life with every single day. That's so important. And I'm just grateful for that. But any another thing too that comes to my mind is God's timing is, um, you know, letting things go in our life, uh, whether it be a job, a relationship, maybe it's finances, even though all of these things are super, super scary. But when you release them, God restores something else in your life. And so I just want to encourage you that if you are on the fence and you're like, man, I don't know if I need to, if I need to let this go, if I need to do this, God will let you know when that perfect time is. If you're praying over it, if you're fasting, if you're doing all of these things, if you're saturating your life with the word, I promise that if you are struggling with letting go of some of these things, he's going to give you direction and let you know uh, when the right time is to let go of those things. But also he, his timing of giving us blessings is always on time. It is always when we least expect it, when we need it the most. And it's just a reminder of his promises to us. And I'm so glad that I am aware of that now where I'm at in my life. But before we get off track, we're going to go back into and in finishing up her story. We're going to read uh, verses 36 through 41. And it says, when Abigail went to Nabal, he was in the house holding a banquet like that of a king. He was in high spirits and very drunk. So she told him nothing at all until daybreak. Now, remember, she went behind his back and gathered all these supplies and took it over to David. So Nabal had no idea why they were not in communication with each other on where they were going. I don't know. 
I wasn't there. I don't think she sent a text to him and said, hey, I'm going out. I'll be right back. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't there. But anyway, verse 37. Then in the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him all the things and his heart failed him and he became like stone. It wasn't that his body turned to stone and he couldn't move. It's that his heart hardened like stone. And 10 days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. Okay, I have to stop right there. So scripture is so raw sometimes. And just God is so such a savage. It makes me think of when uh, he took Moses and he just went off and he comes back and there's Moses is gone. Moses died. I mean, we don't know how. We don't know if he flicked him off a ledge. We don't know anything. And it's just just simple as that. The Lord struck him and he died. Crazy. Crazy. Just a side note there. Uh, Verse 39. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Praise be to the Lord who upheld my cause against Nabal for treating me with contempt. He he has kept his servant from doing wrong and has brought Nabal's wrongdoing down on his own hand. Then David sent word to Abigail, asking her to become his wife. His servants went to Carmel and said to Abigail, David has sent us to take you to become his wife. She bowed down with her face to the ground. Again, here we go. We see her face to the ground and said, I am your servant and I am ready to serve you and wash the feet of my Lord's servants. So she waited for the right time to talk to Nabal. She knew because he was drunk that he would not be in the right headspace to have that conversation on what she had did. I mean, had you had she talking to him while he was drunk, she be, he could have came aggressive. He could have came, you know, violent. He could have maybe physically harmed her. We I don't know. I wasn't there, you know. But there are all these things that she played it smart. She played it safe, you know. And sometimes when things arrive in our uh, arise in our life. Uh, we often sometimes maybe want feel that immediate let's let's confront that person let let's go ahead and talk about it right now while it's fresh but the conscience cautious thing to do is to wait i know we hate that word we hate saying it we hate waiting uh but you have to sometimes you have to take that step back and depending on the situation or the circumstances or who you're talking to, you have to step back and take some time for yourself. You have to ask God, get into prayer, ask for clarity, ask for understanding, uh, wisdom for the right words to be said, man, and pray for the right tone to be said and come across because you have the power through the tongue depending on the tone, how you set the mood on the relationship, how you set the mood, I'm sorry, on the conversation, how you say something to someone, how you correct someone. I know as parents, I know as a mom, I have to, Jaden is sometimes sensitive uh, and she gets that from me. That's definitely from me for sure. But there are certain things that happen or that I need to discuss with her. And I know the kind of tone that I have to have depending on that, on how I'm going to get her to listen and to focus on me and to understand. And so that has been a learning curve. Raising teenagers is tough. Man, if, you are, if you're one out there who is raising teenagers, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you some more. And if you are one of those that you've already raised teenagers, man, kudos to you. Enjoy a day on the beach and give yourself a high five. But getting back into this last segment here, 
Abigail waited, like, like I said, for the right place, for the right time, for the right tone to talk to her husband about this. And I feel like this is where we, if you're in a relationship, if you are married, we're, we, we can kind of get some advice from her in a sense here. We can take what she did. Communication is the key to a successful relationship. If there is no communication, if you can't talk to your partner and feel secure about that, man, I, I don't know if you will withstand the storms that are going to come your way. I know that was something my dad always, always, always told me that if you can't have trust in a relationship and you can't communicate in a relationship, then you might want to just pack up your bags and move on and figure it out you know, on your own and do things until everything else lines up. And he was so right. And I really didn't understand that, obviously, because I was young, uh, being young. And it wasn't until about three years into my relationship with Jerome that we almost literally broke up. We almost parted ways because we just couldn't agree on nothing. Um, If it wasn't my way, it was wrong. If it wasn't his way, it was wrong. And at that time, we had just started um, as a family going to church and getting rooted in in the house and in God's word and starting to understand that we have to have both feet in and blah, 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 those good things. Uh, But I remember leaving one night because we had an argument and I was so frustrated. And instead of speaking words that I wanted to say so bad, I got in the truck and I drove. And I remember I drove for a good two hours, just straight up. uh, I think it was, I want to say it was 59. I don't even know where I was going. And I just got to a point that I had cried all the tears I could cry. And I had screamed. And I just, I remember saying, talking, I have a habit. That's a good habit. I love talking to my dad. I love that we talk to the Lord. I love that we get to share the the day with him, but I do still talk to my dad. And I feel like innocent sometimes that when I'm speaking to him, I kind of can hear him speak back to me, or there's just things around me that kind of give me his answer. And I remember talking to him and just saying, if you were here, I would be at your house venting to you and you'd be giving me so much wise advice. And uh, (laughs) as stupid as it sounds, I was listening to Spotify and this song came on and I think it was by Terry Clark. And it was like, if I were you is basically like this song, country song. Of course, it was sad uh, that this friend of a friend, um, her and her husband would argue and she wanted to leave. But yet this guy was a really good guy. And so the girl portraying the song was basically, if I were you, I'd turn this car around, I'd drive as fast back as I can, and I'd make it right. And I was just like, okay, dad, like, I'm hearing you loud and clear. And so I remember driving slow all the way back, trying to process what I was going to say, what I, what he, how it was going to go, if he was going to portray it, because I had left that, all right, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not coming, you know, this isn't working for us. It's not, there's nothing that we can do. I can't, I can't do it no more. And I got back and he was still awake. And I remember sitting on the couch and just having a conversation and it just flowing so peacefully. And I let him speak. I spoke. And then we just communicated from there on. And now we are 
this year will be nine years that we're together. And the last, I would say, well, five solid years have been, five, six solid years have been so good with us just communicating and bouncing off each other. And yes, we have disagreements and things like that. But at the end of the day, we come together and we talk about it. And we never go to bed without communicating one one way or the other. Just the other day, we had a little spaz moment and I had, I was just emotional and I was just like, I can't, I can't deal with it right now. Please walk away. And he did. And then when he came home, I apologized, even though it wasn't something that, you know, I particularly said, I just, I could have handled it a little better, but it was easier for me to say, just walk away. And then we talked about it and then it worked itself out. Like it always says, but it's just learning that the right place the right time, the right tone to talk to someone. And God knows every single challenge that we're going to face in our relationships, whether it's friendships, co-workers, or relationships with a partner or marriages. But he gives us tools on how we can handle it. And he gives us instructions on uh, what his intent and what his purpose on relationships looks like. Um, it is up to us, though. If we take hold of what he's given us, what he's showing us, uh, and if we put it into action or if we just walk away. And sometimes, depending on circumstances, you just got to walk away. But that's where it goes with you getting into prayer and asking God to give you that direction. And walking away isn't always easy, but you have to live your life by God's will and God's plan for you. And as hard as that is for some so many people to grasp, sometimes it is leaving your partner or leaving your job that you've been in for so long because God's greater purpose and plan for you is so much more worth it than being unhappy and being stuck like Abigail was with uh, a narcissist who he was just a jerk. I mean, I don't have any other word to say about Nabal other than he was a jerk and, you know, God honored Abigail for her consistent, you know, generosity and her willingness to continue just to be on that right path. And she was faithful. And, you know, in the same way, I think we can relate to Abigail because God continues to always honor those who are faithful, even sometimes when being faithful brings difficult circumstances, uh, whether it's hardships and it's pain and things we don't really want to deal with. Uh, you know, he doesn't always promise to always deliver as he delivered Abigail. You know, he he took her away from that negative situation, but he does promise that in every step or direction that he is there with us. And so wherever you're at in whatever relationship aspect that this has made you think about, whether, like I said, it's your coworkers or or maybe it's your home life, maybe it's church life, maybe it's your relationship with your husband or your spouse. And I want you to spend some, a good portion, you know, I wrote down here in my notes to take a few minutes, but I don't know, I'm feeling like I want you to spend a good portion of your quiet time within the next few days of surrendering things over to God and surrendering your whatever relationship that is popping up in your head as you're hearing this. I want you to stop worrying about the laundry. I want you to stop worrying about that grocery list, the soccer practices, the kids, everything can wait for just a, a few for you to really focus on 
the needs that are in your relationship, whichever one that may be. And then ask God to shape the relationship for his purpose. Make it a kingdom-minded relationship. And with that too, I just want to close out and give you some scriptures to uh, look over, to pray over, to maybe implement into this quiet time. And the first one, it's one that um, it is very known soon as you hear it, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I know what that means. And uh, it's Isaiah 41 10. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand that no matter the circumstances, no matter the trials we're going through, no matter the relationships, God is with us. We do not need to have fear whenever we go and talk to someone about certain situations because we need to leave that with him. We need to give that to him. And we need to know, just like it says here, that he will strengthen you and he will help you. You just got to ask for it. The second one I want to share is Psalm uh, Psalm 40, 11, And it says, do not withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth always protect me. So the truth meaning God's word. If you can filter everything that you do in life, everything you say, speak, your actions, things that you need guidance on, if you can filter it through the word of God, you will always have the right answer for the most part. I, I mean, I know some people could negotiate with that, but if it, if it lines up with the word of God, then it is right. It is true. It is pure. It is golden. And I just wanted to leave y'all with those two verses. And again, I cannot stress getting into prayer and understanding how we can relate to Abigail and how her um, courageous moment saved so many people. And just by her blessing and paying it forward. And uh, even though she did do it behind her husband's back, there was a greater reward for it. And she ended up, you know, telling him it wasn't like she kept it from him because we don't need to do that uh, but it's it's amazing to be able to put ourselves into her story and I believe breaking it down and how I did it was it was the easiest way that I could understand and place myself into her shoes because I've been there I've been married to someone who has been a narcissist who uh everything was their way and greed just took over them, but God had a bigger plan and I'm grateful for that. But uh, that is all I got for today. I hope that you pulled something from it. it. Whatever platform that you are listening to the podcast on, whether it is Apple Play, uh, whether it's Anchor or whether it's Spotify, if you could take a few minutes and write a review, uh, write a comment on it or whatever, share it with some people because the higher the ratings, I found out that when people are searching certain words on those things, then the higher uh, that my, that the podcast would show. So, and that's what I, I want. I want this podcast to be able to grow. I want to get out there and just be able to walk next to each one of you as you build your relationship with Christ and just sharing my life with you and being transparent and then helping you grow and mature in your relationship with Christ. But as always be blessed and stay focused.